Welcome to Safe Park Golf Podcast. This is Derek. I'm Dominic. And this is episode 23. We the MJ. Michael Jordan Michael episode. Michael Jordan episode. Yeah. The uh, goat we, episode. The, the goat. We have a special guest, uh, Joshua at Haywood Golf. Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate uh, you guys having me on your, your goat podcast. <laughs> yeah, you're on the goat episode. It's greatest the greatest episode of all time. Um, so Josh, you, you started Haywood golf, correct? Is, are you kind of the founder behind Haywood? Yeah, we started it, uh, three, well, three and a half years ago, man, time blast. <laughs> right. I know I'm so still getting, trying to get used to the, getting used to putting 2022 on anything. I know. Guys, uh, I think back and can't get over that we've been about four years now. It's kind of crazy to, uh, just think how, how quickly things move and, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a blast so far. Can't wait for the next four years. Awesome. Well, again, appreciate your time having, you know, being on the podcast. Um, can you just, you know, give us a little bit of uh, your backstory and kind of how Haywood Golf was founded and what, the, what kind of the, the whole goal is behind Haywood Golf? Yeah. Uh, so very long story short, uh, kind of the rundown of everybody is, you know, one day I went through golf town, which up here in Canada for the American listeners, is like their version of golf galaxy and, um, couldn't understand why a set of OPs were, you know, $600 Canadian. So whatever it would have been like 450, 500 us, um, for wedges that really haven't changed a lot in the past. Um, you know, if you look at OPs kind of year after year, they're, fairly similar overall not knocking them they're a great product but just couldn't understand why the price continued to increase for a product that didn't really change all that much and so um i walked out of the store i didn't buy them um and i was just kind of curious on what it took to design manufacture go through that whole process and um you know about six months after that uh, i started the company <laughs> so you know so that's it was just one of those Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, I was to say that's like super impressive. So did you have kind of like, was it just, did you have like a crew of people? You're like, Hey, this is what I want to do. Or did you kind of just go solo with it for the most part? Like you had like, Hey, you know, let's try to find something that can accommodate other people at a cheaper price. Is that kind of, kind of the premise or the goal for the most part? Yeah. Um, it was just really just researching and, you know, getting samples in. So when we first started, um, we used what was called open source tooling. So it was, you know, tooling that, um, the, the factories and the manufacturing plants over there um, allow anybody to use. And so you can obviously change specs and designs and stuff <clears throat> using the CNC mill machine, but for the most part, it's just open tooling. And um, that was our first set of wedges that we ever created. And those were non-conforming. Uh, we don't make those anymore because everybody wants to be able to play in tournaments nowadays, but um, <laughs> you know, they were cool wedges. They sucked back out of the rough from like 50 yards. So really, you know, yeah, they were crazy, like insane million on the face, same groove, so really sharp. And um, but we moved away from those, and um, you know now we design in house all of our products, we have tooling for all of our products. So you know you're not going to see um, much out there uh, anymore from us that isn't you know our own IP essentially. So you know we've been fortunate that we've been able to grow uh, to the point now where we can do that. Um, but the reality is, you know, you're not going to, unless you have a ton of money backing you right away, it doesn't really make sense to create your own tooling to do that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, that's really just kind of how we started. Have you had any issues with, uh, like materials or short material shortages? I know everywhere around the world and you're in Canada, we're here in Minnesota, the United States, 
And I feel like it's kind of like every industry has that been a real big issue or uh, like golf galaxy, for example, there was, <clears throat> I actually have your irons, which I, I do love. Um, but we went, yeah, we went to, to brag. Yeah. I'm not bragging, but they're, they're really nice. <laughs> they're really nice. I'm telling you, but you know, I've been to a couple of golf galaxies and literally like the shelves are completely empty as far as like irons. So I was kind of curious yeah. on that as far as like shortages, as far as material goes. Yeah, we, you know what, this, it, it's been a challenging time in the industry, more so specifically because this lead times have increased. Um, it's not a matter of getting product. It's a matter of how long it's taking to get. Gotcha. Um, and so like our lead times went up from, you know, for, for our wedges, for example, we like, yeah, they were like two, two and a half months. I was, you know, Forge wedges from order to delivery day, two and a half months, three months max. Um, you know, now we're in like four and five months. Um, irons went from three months to almost six. And so what it does is it changes the way that you can offer it as a business, especially something smaller like us, where you know we have to outlay X amount of dollars, which is a significant amount of money, and have it sit for five, six months until you get product. You know, we're not outlaying all of it, but a significant percentage. And, yeah. um, you know, it, it's just a planning. It comes down to planning and strategy at that point. And so you can imagine how difficult it would be for paying Callaway, Titleist, all those companies to, to manage too. And, um, you know, everybody keeps talking about supply chain issues. And it's like, well, you know, when are people just going to say like, hey, if, you know, we are able to just tell you the truth. Exactly. <laughs> you know, every, you know a lot of these companies are like, oh, eight weeks, and then you find out it's actually at 16. So, you know, that's one of the things we don't do. Um, you know, we just launched our pre-order in November, for example, for our new irons. <laughs> and I was telling everybody, it's like end of January, three months away. You know, that's how long until we get it. Um, you know, people now who order getting in mid-February, end of February. So, like, we just try to be honest as possible and, you know, things happen. But as long as we can be very close to our timelines and and, you know, do what we say we're going to do, then, you know, we're happy. And we're just trying to plan accordingly. We're just ordering mass amounts of product in comparison to what we normally would be because of how long it's taking. So we have to plan, you know, 12 months in advance now for product versus six. Do you guys, I'm sorry. Don't well, and like the crazy part is, you know, you're absolutely right. It's not necessarily supply chain. It's just getting it. Um, so like, I'm not going to say where I work or who I work for. Cause I don't know if that's allowed and I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> Not that it's negative by any means, but like there's been some stuff that we haven't had since like August. And then there's yeah. some stuff that we just got in that I haven't had since who knows when. So yeah. now the issue isn't not having it. It's how long it's going to stay in stock. Right. Yeah. So obviously with your stuff being, you know, you custom make everything, you know, you can go on your websites like shafts and you can make them stronger lofted, you know, whatever that all of a sudden makes it even more exaggerated for you, you know, going from three months to six months. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, even doing a single club takes time. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, we're, we have a good team um, that builds our clubs and we have multiple people that are constantly, you know, working and getting products out. And so the, our lead time's actually been well below industry standard or sorry, like well above, well, I don't know. It's been quicker than industry standard. Um, you know, we look at Titleist. I looked at the Titleist site today and, and it was like eight weeks, you know, just for, to get a set of irons while well, we're two to three weeks tops. Okay. Um, so it's, 
you know, it's again, it's easier for us as a smaller company to manage all of this stuff versus right. you know, a bigger company. But you know, we still face the same struggles, and we've been very fortunate with how we've been treated from our suppliers. So you know, shaft manufacturers, grips, etc. Um, and getting, you know, I don't know if we get priority. Maybe they just tell us that, but um, it just seems that like we didn't have too much outside of like ABS. We had a, a huge supply chain issue because the factory shut down multiple times, and um, you know they were kind of the only shop we couldn't get some of, but we still got some. Uh, True Tempers, you know, most of their products are produced in the states. They obviously had a bit of delay because of shutdowns when that happened back, you know, a year and a half ago, but. Um, they're back up and running cold steam. And so, you know, it just allows us to be in a good position where people would have seen our products. Like, yeah, these are great. They're you know, more affordable. Um, and I don't have to wait two, two weeks, three weeks tops versus mm-hmm. like eight, 12 weeks. You know, Kay, I heard, had a, an entire shipment go overboard um, in like mid 2020, 2020, 2021, I don't know, last year. Um, they lost all of their products. So their lead times went up to like 16, 18, 20 weeks or something like that. So those things can happen and you just have to you know, roll with the punches. So you, you right now you offer, is it four, four different types of irons four models yeah. for the yeah. most part? Right. Yeah. Yeah. We have kind of models that cover every single level of golf. Do you want to go in and like talk about each different level? Cause like I was reading about them and they're all very, you know, like you said, they're all for different levels of players. Do you mm-hmm. want to kind of talk about them and kind of break them down for us? Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, starting with the, the higher handicap. So, you know, those people in like 13, 14 plus handicaps. Uh, Speed. Those, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's funny because that's the majority of golfers. Most right. people, you know, don't realize that. But like, you know, I, can't, I can't remember the stat, but it's like, 90% of the people never break 90 or something like that. It's like, it's insane. And so, you know, 90 is a 18 cap. Well, that's the majority of people. So um, our signature irons, which is the first line of irons that we ever created, those are meant to be like, you know, maximize your distance, maximize your forgiveness. Um, and it really, really just help meant to, to be, you know, more playable for the average golfer to really enjoy them, hit further shots, hit, you know, straighter shots. Um, and then when you kind of get down into like the below 13s, you can, you know, go a whole bunch of different ways, um, depending on your abilities. So we have the cavity backs. Those are typically for like zero all the way up to like 13, 14 handicaps. Again, people who are 15, 16, 17, if you like them, they're a good ball striker and you want to play them, awesome. Um, and then you have your muscle backs, which are, you know, those are really meant for lower handicap people who can control the ball, hit it in the sweet spot, you know, seven, eight times out of 10. Um, and then we designed the Haywood 100s um, and we only built five, I'm sorry, 50 sets of those total. Um, I think we only have one set left um, now. Um, they're way higher price point, way, very unique in how they're constructed and um, almost like baby blade size mirrors, if you will. So like very small. So like meant they, for a really, really good ball striker. Um, are they so kind of like those? Of, like, have you seen the Ricky Fowler Cobra? Blades are yeah. they kind of like those as far as like yeah. size? They look like little spoons. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah, yeah, very very similar size. And um, you know, Ricky Fowler, those they actually have two different lines. Uh, most people don't recognize that, but they actually have their 
like high end line, which is 100% milled, like our 100s. Then they have like a regular standard forged line as well. And they're like a thousand bucks difference for the set. But um, yeah, very small. And um, so that kind of covers everybody from, from an iron standpoint. And, and the new irons specifically to me are, you know, the, uh, the golden children of, of the line of irons right now, just because we spent so long designing them, getting them uh, to a point where we we're happy with them. Uh, and beyond that, to be ecstatic about being able to, to put them out into the market the way that we finish them. So, um, yeah, that's, you know, that's where we're at right now with the irons. So I'm a nine, I think a 9.6 handicap. And I actually kind of didn't play a whole lot towards the end of the end of the year, but I, I was up to like an 11 and kind of worked my way down. And I do yeah. have the signature irons and I, and I said, I absolutely love them. I love the, like the aesthetic look it's like it's simple but it's oh, nice looking they look so good yeah um but I would, yeah absolutely no i said i i and i'm not trying to just plug you because we're interviewing i i legitimately <laughs> i i love them i've told a lot of people about your your uh your brand and i'm just kind of curious being that like you said like you kind of covered all all golfers but majority golfers are kind of higher handicap is the are the yeah. signature irons probably your your most popular iron that you do sell? Yeah, right now, I, I mean, up to this point, yes, because they've been our our main seller of iron. Um, I have no doubt that the new line of irons will surpass them shortly. Um, just seeing the pre-order status in the last two months and selling a couple hundred sets, you know, that fast um, has been kind of crazy and, and overwhelming, to be honest. It's, it's kind of... Um, surprising how you know we we launched a video coinciding with txg as like our launch um and just from that video alone you know enough people are seeing it finding the clubs realizing like wow these are really good looking clubs and you know they're built how i want and they're seven eight hundred dollars cheaper um and so i think that they're going to be our top sellers for sure and, and again it all comes down at the end of the day of what you feel comfortable with some people don't like offsets some people like inner profiles something right so i think at the end of the day as long as you're confident in the clubs that you have i think it doesn't matter as much um you know unless you're a 30 handicap yeah you don't want to be playing blades but you know someone in a eight nine handicap range could easily play their combo set um you know you're obviously a decent ball striker you, you know how to you know get the ball out of the fairway out of the rough and onto the green and you know i think it just really depends on what you're preferences aesthetic wise what your preferences profile wise when you're looking down at it um just being as confident as possible yeah i hit Derek's. i don't remember what which club i hit specifically but he's like you want to try him and i was like you know what sure and i like the weight of it and then i got his up and then i'm like oh no like what's gonna happen because his clubs are significantly heavier than mine mm-hmm. i play like a cobra max which is like a player improvement type iron kind yeah. of a cheaper one they don't make oh i think they might make them still i really mm-hmm. like them and i got down and this club is just like flying through my swing and when i did hit it it felt really good i think it's yeah. a it's a super good feel like you know how like when you hit your club which i know a lot of people have this but like you feel it and you're just like oh you just it's, know it's good like it's good yeah I kind of towed it and it still kind of brought it back. It was forgiving. Yeah. It's yeah. a forgiving iron. That's, that's, that's uh, kind of why I like it. Like I said, I'm saying I'm a nine plus handicap, but I have plenty of days where I play like I'm 
13 or 14. There's some days where I feel like I could win, but then I get that into my head and I'm like, I'm going to win. And then I blow it too. So not to put you on the spot, but um, two questions. A, what iron do you typically use? And if you want, what, what, what's your like handicap or where are you kind of at? Yeah. Um, I use the combo set right now. So um, our cavity backs and four through what do I have? I, I switch out my clubs, so I don't know what's in my bag right now. Uh, I think it's four through seven in the cavity backs. Yeah, it is. And then eight through wedge in the muscle backs. Um, and my cap is somewhere, I can't remember, like an eight right now. Okay. I'm a, You're so busy building uh, clubs that you can't get on the golf course, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just joined a club this, this summer, and I think I played since July. I played 10 or 12 rounds. And I know that sounds like a lot to a lot of people, but... You know, I, I could play every day if I was able to. Um, and yeah, my big, my biggest flaw is, you know, I'm actually quite a good ball striker. Um, I suck at chipping. <laughs> so all of my strokes that I lose, pretty much almost all of them are chipping or the odd one that goes you know, out of bounds off the drive. But most of it is like I lose seven or eight strokes chipping every round. That's my strong suit is I'm, you can attest the to short this. Game, yeah, I'm short super game. good with like around the green. And then I can hit my irons like incredibly well compared to hitting my, my hybrid, my driver and my wood. Like I'm not comfortable with those. That's why I've been so interested in a driving iron. And like I said, before we even hopped on, I've built like seven of them. I will say, yeah, the website's <laughs> really easy to navigate through too. It's I mean, super, for building a website yeah. or building a, a set of clubs. It's, it's addicting to sit there of, and kind of build oh, yeah. everything. And I went through it several <laughs> times myself, but I, with that being said, you did post something on Instagram the other day. I seen that you uh, are going to be launching a driver, a three or a fair, was it a driver hybrid as well too? And then fairway yeah, woods? Driver, uh, three wood and a hybrid. That's awesome. So three, when, when are yeah. you planning on uh launching on the either obviously still pretty pretty early in the process um no we're not early in the process whatsoever um it's more so just fine again fine-tuning and getting it right so one of the hardest parts for a smaller brand like us is um tooling for drivers if you have unlimited funds so like if you're Callaway and Taylor made whatever it's not a big deal <laughs> you can produce 20 drivers and it's fine. Sure. Um, for us, making any changes is very expensive. And so every time you make a change, you have to change the tooling, um, which is thousands of dollars. And that's interesting. So, like, I'm like learning, like that's something probably you, I don't know, you, you might've learned along the way. I'm sure that how expensive some of that building actually are designing is because most people don't really probably take that into consideration when they're trying to buy a driver for the most part, you know, so those big names, they're probably have yeah. crazy amount of funding, you know? Well, they just, you know, they sell so many that it doesn't equate and like the amount of money they spend on tooling really doesn't matter because they sell so many. Whereas us, it's like, well, the amount of money we have to spend on tooling. So say we sell a thousand drivers that amount of tooling still adds x amount of dollars to the total cost it adds it's all up front so it's us eating that cost right away um and it's just making sure that again we're not we never want to put out a product that i personally wouldn't use so i'm not creating a driver just to make money i'm creating a driver because it's the next um 
line of products that we need to have to be able to have a you know somebody have a full set of our clubs. Um, but again, it still has to match up to you know. Personally, right now, I use TaylorMade Sim too. I love it. I think it's a great driver. Um, it, it needs to compare to that. It needs to be able to perform, um, and to get it there requires multiple changes. And so, we're just going through that process right now. We've already got the the first samples back, and they're good. Could be better. So we're just fine tuning. Fine tuning. Um, yeah, and so we're hoping to have kind of like the finalized version done over the next few weeks here, and then um, you know maybe like a May launch. Um, Very cool. That's super exciting. If, if, if we're lucky, yeah. So yeah, it's it's definitely a new chapter because designing irons and wedges is one thing going into drivers is very different um but yeah it's it's exciting and we're we're looking forward to being in a very competitive price point that you know especially now when you know the new stealth driver just came out and i think it's what 599 us and 779 canadian 579 us is it yeah something like that it grills hot dogs though from what i've seen on memes Yeah. Um, and then the you, custom one, like in Canada, the custom myself is almost like with taxes, it's a thousand bucks. It's right? yeah, it's so, very expensive. If you yeah. wanna, if you wanna send me a birthday gift in May, <laughs> I'll happily try out the driver. <laughs> we'll test it out for yeah. you, no problem. Um, as long as it's like a nine degree left, I'm all for it. I'm sure you probably have like uh, options, just kind of like most drives, right? You can customize it from like a nine to ten, ten and a, you know, something. Yeah, so what we're doing is a little different, actually. So we're only making one loft of each option. So we're going Very to have a driver. I haven't told anybody this. So you guys are going to be the first ones to hear it. Um, well, it's the GOAT episode, so that's perfect. <laughs> Product, insider information. Um, we're making a nine-degree driver. It's going to be adjust. All of our woods are adjustable. Um, and so nine degrees down to eight, up to ten. Uh, three wood, 15, so down to 14, up to 16. And then our hybrid is going to be 22 because we already have the driving iron at 18. Um, we haven't had a, we haven't had really any demand for hybrids under 20 degrees. So 22 kind of puts us in that uh, position where somebody can have a 22 hybrid and then they can have our new irons and five feet pitching wedge and that gap even more work. So that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, it, you know, again, we, one of the things we, we found too with, with our customers is too many options aren't a good thing. You know, we have a lot of options. You guys have been on the site. We have lots of shafts and grips and all that stuff. But when it comes down to like, am I going to buy a 22 or a 24 degree hybrid? It's like, well, buy the 22 and you can just lock the 23 and like one degree really. Like unless you're a touring pro, not going to make an, a huge difference overall. And so I find that a lot of these companies that produce so many clubs just confuses people. Um, right. And we want to make the process simple as possible while still providing a very significant amount of opportunity and options for customers to you know, pick and choose what they want. I like that. I was watching an interview with the guy who founded, I don't know if you guys have canes. It's like a chicken place. Raising no. canes. Okay. So here we have a couple of them. It's more of like a Southern thing, I think. Yeah. Um, all they do are chicken strips. That's all they are. Like it's chicken strips, fries, coleslaw, and bread. That, that's all. Nice. And the guy that's was good. saying that the reason they keep it simple is because you're at the drive-thru and people panic, right? 
like i i mean i've done i turned 21 a few years ago and we went up to get my first drink and i panicked and ordered a budweiser at a mexican restaurant (laughs) (laughs) Um, i don't know what to get yeah i'm like "Ah, options i think that's kind of the beauty you know it's kind of the beauty of what you're doing because i I mean you have a super streamlined you know slick look to the club whether you get you know i saw today you had some copper ones yeah those are sweet looking yeah Thanks. And then Derek has the silver ones. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, two options. Yeah, you have a ton of options to pick from when you build it. But even that is still pretty minimal. I mean, you look at what these big companies have, and like I can't even name what shafts I use other than the true temper ones. Well, and that, and that just goes to like you said, like most people are higher handicaps, so it's like it's kind of overwhelming for mm-hmm. those people. Like they don't sometimes they don't really know what really they're even buying, and like say clubs aren't really cheap for the most part, you know, if you think about it. And so mm-hmm. I, I, I like that, uh, like that idea. Um, I, I was going to ask you, are you planning or is this something like in the future that if you're going to have like a, like a showroom where you can like, like bring people out and do some testing and sampling or anything like that? Have you thought about that or do you even offer that? Or I know with COVID and everything going on, I, I don't know if that's something that you're, you're working on, but it's kind of curious on that. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a it's a great question, and um, yeah, we're we're working on it. Um, obviously, being based here in Vancouver, um, it's a a more you know refined market versus like LA and California, where there's millions of golfers, and um, so we're just planning it out. But we're we're expecting tomorrow. I say this very casually because it's, we've been expecting it for two weeks now, but uh, expecting our simulator to arrive uh, tomorrow. Very so cool. we bought a new foresight simulator and we're going to be putting it into our shop in Vancouver here. And um, hopefully by March, we'll have a, a fitting program up and running where uh, people can come in and get fit and then purchase our clubs. And um, I think it'll be a, a great addition. And, you know, we'd like, love to do that all over the place. But the reality is we just, you know, we don't have the budget. We're not a, a master sure. company. And, um, uh, you know, we're very select in the number of fitters that we go into just because, uh, definitely increases our our business, um, but we want to make sure that the people who are fitting our golf clubs are qualified, are friendly, are nice, um, and can have a good rapport with people. Because we've gotten a lot of feedback from customers about fittings, and there's so much negativity out there. And so, you know, that's why we're, we, if you look at our site, we only have what, five fitters right now. We deal with so TXG is one of them in Toronto, uh, Fix in Phoenix. Um, Brian Golf down in Florida, like yep, I watched that. Talked all, we, yeah, we talked to all of those guys. <clears throat> we know them. Um, they do amazing work, and they're very customer focused, like us. Um, and so that's one of the biggest issues we have is because if it, if one of our partners is not as focused on their customer service like we are, then it's not really in alignment to our brand. So that's why we're we're very selective on you know who we we partner with. We've had a a fitting outfit here in Canada asked us to carry our products. We just said no. <laughs> yeah, that's um, you know they had multiple locations and they're you know they're well known, but I haven't heard too many positive things. Not necessarily about the fitters, just about the business and how they sure. operate. And um, until that changes, and you know we'll we'll look at them again. And um, you know yeah, we just want to make the right decisions for our business. Do you worry about? Um... I don't want to word this improperly. Um, you know how like when places get too big and then their quality mm-hmm. kind of goes to shit. Do you ever yeah. worry about that? You know, cause you go into a place like that and then 
you know, people have easy access to your products to, you know, in a sense, you, cause it's your baby. Do you yeah. kind of worry about the quality going down because of that? Um, I don't worry about it. I think that as you grow, there's always growing things and that's, you know, it's bound to happen with any company. Um, it's more so how we deal with it after the fact. Um, I can't say we've had too many times where we've had really, I, I, you know, I don't know of any situation where we've had a pissed off customer, for example, because we don't let it get there. Right. <laughs> that's right. Issue. We're going to deal with it. You know, we're not going to just ignore them for two weeks and then maybe call them back. It's like, you know, they call us, I answer, um, they email, whatever. And I think that, again, that goes alongside with our alignment of partners is if they're not focused on their business as well, then they're going to handle that situation. And, um, you know, I think that as long as your quality control is there, um, you trust the partners that you work with. No, I'm, I'm never not worried about it. Again, it's, you know, they're operating their own businesses and if they do a shitty job, they're not going to have customers. So right. customer service um, is pretty much everything, you know, you got to satisfy yeah. the, you know, um, I, I was going to ask you this too, in this, if you, if you had the, uh, opportunity and maybe there's already some professional golfers using your clubs, but if there was one professional player, kind of a big name player, I don't, I don't know if you, you don't have to answer if you don't want to, but who would you love to see using your irons? Well, and then we'll tag them on Instagram and we'll... an, an obvious <laughs> one, but, uh, you know, Tiger, obviously. Yeah. Player. Right. Um, I'll know, shoot him a text for, for you. Perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's funny. I, I don't think a lot about that because our business model is not it's different, right? Not a piece. That's not the right word. It is not, um, able to facilitate the same partnerships and sponsorships that other OEMs do, because that's why the clubs are too grand. Mm -hmm. The marketing cost is built into that price. We don't build our marketing costs into our price. So for us to go out and spend 50 grand on signing a player, you know, unless he's in the winter circle on the PGA and we're getting mega airs, like it's not, you know, it doesn't really work for our business. Sure. Um, we always want to be competitive on price and we're always, you know, strategic in terms of how we spend money and where we market and all those kind of things. But um, I'd love to have somebody Canadian. Like I grew up watching Mike Weir. He was like the Canadian golden child uh, yeah. here in, in Canada. And you know, he's been a long time tailor-made guy. And um, you know, it'd be cool to have somebody like him. Um, kind of a hometown person. Cool. Yeah, Very cool. And, uh, uh, that, would, that would probably be my, to be honest, my pick. Like obviously I could pick any guy in the PGA because right. you know, we're getting air time and, it's showing off our brand. That's easy. But um, again, Mike seems like a, a really nice guy. I've never heard a bad word said about him from anybody. So um, I think that, you know, having somebody like that would be, be super cool one day, but you know, again, it's not a, a huge focus for us. And kind of going back to the, the business model, cause I know you said you, as far as like employees right now, is it essentially like you and a couple other people? Or I mean, because I'd imagine it takes probably a while to actually build a set of irons, just in general terms, you know. So is it just you and a couple people, or how, how does that typically work? And how long is like the turnaround time if you have the clubs in, you know, in shop? Yeah, I kind of picture like putting Legos together, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure it's not the case. Um, <laughs> yeah, just dumb it down I mean, for us a little it bit. Kind of is putting Legos together. Yeah. Uh, you know, not quite <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, the reality is, is like, like anything in life, the more you do it, the easier it gets. So, 
you know, if you're a good club builder, it doesn't take very long to build a set of irons or a set of wedges or whatever. It's just about the quantity that you have to deal with. And so like right now you have hundreds of orders. <laughs> How, like, you can't Which is build a great hundreds thing. Of orders. Yeah, it's a great thing, but you can't build hundreds of orders in a day. Like, exactly. I don't care what anybody says. Like I, I see some of these companies like, oh, we built 25 sets today. It's like, no way. Sorry, no, you didn't. <laughs> yeah. like, not unless, not unless you guys have a bunch of people. But like, you know, I'm seeing these operations and, and some of these people. Are like, oh yeah, I built 25 sets myself today. I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> it's just, you know, not because possible. if you did, there's going to be a lot of mistakes. And so, I think too, like one of the things that I've always relayed to anybody who works with us um, is, I don't care how fast you do it. I just want it done right. I, would, I don't want epoxy on the shafts. I don't want epoxy coming out of the barrels. I don't want like all of these things that are quality control. Um, so if it takes you an extra half an hour, 45 minutes to build a set, I don't really care. I just want it done properly. So when we go through the last check that there's nothing wrong and we can literally just go right into the box and out to the customer. Um, so yeah, I mean, the process can, can vary depending on the builder. It can take, you know, an hour, it can take, two hours just really kind of depends but um one of the things for us that's really cool that we use is is called a a curing system so a lot of build shops what they do is they just put the club together the epoxy that in the shaft and then it sits for 24 hours to cure properly Um, our machine that we have allows us to cure it in about an hour um and then we let it sit and cool down but if we didn't have that machine it would be very difficult to keep up with the amount of orders that we have right now so um, you know, that's a big kind of our saving grace. And we're about to hopefully add somebody here um, full time who can be both a builder and a fitter for us now that we're having a launch monitor and um and put in and uh, it'll kind of just allow us to to get to that next stage. And then, you know, in the next couple of years, we want to have a shop somewhere in the United States, um, you know, building our US orders and Canada orders for filling here and um, you know, maybe Minnesota. Huh? Yeah, not too far around the other side there. Yeah. But I mean, as long as the real estate is cheap, <laughs> it's, you know, I, I laugh because everyone's like, oh, it's, you know, it's not that bad. Like, you guys knew what we paid rent in Vancouver for like the space. It's, it's crazy. I can yeah. go like, yeah, I can go get a, a mortgage and pay it off in five years for like a, a real estate place in like Chicago. <laughs> I've heard, really I've, I've heard toronto yeah. is like awful like super expensive stupid yeah, expensive. i've heard the same thing um yeah worse oh really yeah when you well, when you get established let us know and come out we'd love to come out and visit to her i think it'd be a blast i've actually i have a passport now yeah me too yeah. Uh, there was a few years ago that we were gonna <laughs> we were gonna i was actually gonna go out to vancouver with my cousin and it, it kind of plans fell through but it looks beautiful out there and said so i think it would be, be be an awesome uh uh, time so said hopefully yeah, in the near future we'll be able to do that um i know we've wanted to visit mall of america mall of america yeah, yeah i don't live too far from i'm right downtown so. huge like it's almost <laughs> it's almost too big like there's four it is yeah there's four huge. floors and it's all yeah. so good i went there i went there i was in minnesota i can't remember like when i was 23 24 when we went there and i was like this is ridiculous i don't even know where it's, i am uh, it's I crazy <laughs> you know there's there's no central heat did you know that there's no there's no like central heat it's all like people heat that's how busy it is i didn't know that either yeah no that's how busy it is i was gonna is the so we had it was 20 degrees today it literally felt like sweatshirt weather today because we've we've literally had 
it was like 20 below. Yeah. With wind chill. La- with wind chill the last like three days. It's been extremely cold. So I don't know. How, has it been really cold for you guys in this past couple weeks? Vancouver, yeah, it has been. Uh, nobody's playing golf right now because there's snow on the ground. You know, normally we get maybe one or two days of snow a year. And I think we've probably already had like nine or 10. So uh, it's definitely different this year, but um, you know, hopefully we can all get back on the, the golf course here in the next month or two. And right. now if we have a simulator, I can still just stay swing and hit some balls <laughs> and, crazy. and stay warm. So one of our kind of our uh, signatures before we kind of let our uh, guests go is we always like to ask uh, if you had one last meal to eat, what would it be? It could be at any restaurant, anywhere in the world, whatever you want. Where, where's a, where's a good spot uh, in Vancouver or whatever you'd like to choose? What would be your go-to meal? That's funny. I, I saw a movie the other day and it just had this happen. It was like the guy was dying or something. And it's like his last meal. And I'm not trying to make it like you're dying. So don't know. No, 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 not at all. I just, like, I just laughed that I just came up. Like, yeah. You know, the, bougie, the bougie side of me would be like, ooh, a fancy steak dinner at, you know, at least a steakhouse in Vancouver or something like that. Um, but my favorite meal of all time as like a kid growing up was pork chops, applesauce, and um, corn. Really? <laughs> so, that actually sounds that. pretty good. Definitely yeah, the first that we've had for someone to say pork chops, but that sounds good. Mix the applesauce and the corn and the pork chop all together. It's great. I've never, You've never put applesauce with pork chop? No, chops. I've never done that. You know, what's funny you say that is that um went to a restaurant the other day and uh, they, they make these cheese curds, which are amazing. Sorry, that's my dog. These cheese curds are amazing and they have a red hot sauce and then right next to it, they have applesauce. Oh, yeah. The weirdest thing, which I, it actually was pretty good, which but I've never thought of the applesauce and the corn. Yeah, it's so, a shocker. It's, it's good. <laughs> to give that a whirl. Well, Josh, yeah. it's been a pleasure. I, I really do appreciate you coming on the podcast and taking time. I know you're a busy person. Um, but again, hopefully we'll stay in touch and uh, wish you nothing but uh, the best and your success with the drivers and all the other clubs. Let us know if there's anything you can do. Like I said, uh, it's at Haywood Golf is your Instagram handle. Mm-hmm. And um, you pretty much post daily for the most part. You're always putting stuff up on there, which is awesome. I've seen you do a couple of those um, live auctions. Is that been pretty cool have you done one recently i haven't seen one come up no i don't know if you've done one but did it did that go okay because I, I i was following along for a little bit on those yeah um we do them every few months kind of like whenever we have a, enough stockpile that we can can do it but they're just a lot of fun um i have a blast daily nice time you know i spend the whole time talking and she uh she does all the you know computer stuff and Make sure it's all sorted and sure. yeah, I just have a blast, you know, having to do cocktails and talking to everybody and absolutely you know, a lot of people start talking shit in the chat and you know, yep. all positive, funny stuff. But right. you guys who are always on there who always buy things and they're like, Oh, I remember you from last time. You're not getting shit today. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like I will so say Instagram Instagram has been awesome and I'm sure it's probably been really awesome for you too as well. It's amazing the golf community and how like how far people are away, but how tight knit everyone is. It's like, it's, it's, it's pretty cool. So I, that's kind of why we started safe park golf. I've kind of preached it before, but we're all about growing the game and trying to help other companies, other businesses kind of, you know, so, sorry about that. My dog is on a roll here. <laughs> Got a little toy poodle. She's going crazy, but no, I just, I think it's really cool. The golf community and to the different relationships that I've we've built uh, in the past and, you're one of them. So I so said, we appreciate it. Yeah. 
nothing but the best in the future. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. We're, you know, we support as many small businesses that we can, especially in the golf industry, because a lot of these guys I talk to and, you know, whether I'm giving advice to them or whether it's, you know, us just chatting and, and walking through a few ideas and, you know, the, the least I can do is, is, you know, buy a glove or buy a, a cover or whatever they're doing and, sure. you know, support them. And, and a lot of them have really great stuff. Um, you know, if I'm finding right now that I'm liking a lot of the smaller brand quality um, and type of product they're putting out versus just buying a generic thing off the shelf at whatever store. So, yep. um, you know, I'd rather support, you know, a family than a conglomerate. It's just Completely the way that I, I think about it. I like that. Yeah, no, that, that makes a hundred, that makes so much sense. And, uh, um, I thought I had one more question, but I'm kind of drawing a blank, but shocker. Yeah. Uh, but again, <laughs> episode 23, really appreciate it again. And we'll stay in touch and hopefully we can get you on the podcast down the road and with some more exciting news. Yeah. Appreciate it guys. Thank you. All right. Have a good night. Yep. Take care. Thank I'm going to build like four more two irons and maybe. <laughs> 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 Thanks again, Josh. We'll awesome. talk soon. Okay. Yep. Take Bye. care.